Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. It is Brando episode... Is it really 94 episodes that I've been, I've been talking about Guns N' Roses and... All sort of a Guns N' Roses, Kevin Bacony related things. Yeah, 94 episodes. My God, I really appreciate everyone uh, joining me, whether you found us uh, through AlternativeNation.net, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, YouTube, and, uh, and iTunes. Yeah, all that fun stuff. I'm not sure how our... Uh, well, I know how our guest for today, who's coming up in just a, a few moments, uh, part two with Arian Bueller. Uh, you should know that name, not just Bueller, Bueller, but Arian did a lot of these incredible uh, lithographs for the Not In This Lifetime tour. And uh, we got his story back, I believe, in episode 74, that he was raised by Rastafarians, I think is even cooler than being raised by wolves, uh, that you know he, he worked for Bob Marley's estate, he did stuff for the Rolling Stones, and started working with GNR and... The lithographs, the box set, the Shadow of Your Love video uh, here in, in New York City. I, I've seen when the box set was coming out and in Times Square, these big ads. So just an extremely talented dude. I know many of you have questions, uh, so we're going to talk to him more. Uh, well, this interview is, again, many of you helped me set up, and, and, and you are my producers. And today's co-host, and I guess you're kind of a guest in, in, uh, as well, uh, kind of helped me set up this next interview and just going deeper uh, with Arian. Uh, Rich from uh, Litherati.com. Welcome, Rich, to uh, the AFD show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Initially, when you first reached out to me at, uh, I never really give out our email because I don't, I mean, I look at it, uh, the AFD show at gmail.com. And you sent me a very well-written email, uh, which I always, I, I want constructive criticism and I love feedback more than, you know, you saying, oh, great episode, this, that, that, like a very simple, that's, that's fine. But you're like, oh, you could have asked Arian so many questions. I would like to know this, this, and that. And forgive me, I wasn't familiar with your, your website, which is self-explanatory, litherati.com. It's just an awesome database of every gun. Thank to, you. Yeah, of just very clean, very easy to navigate. And, you know, I'm not as big of a collector as many fans are out there, but I got, you know, I spoke about it with the Guns N' Roses show. I got the lithograph, uh, the Gangs of New York. I only got the Duff McKagan one. That was when Pink come out, and, that, you know, it's special to me. So, But I love all of his graphics, Arian. I follow him on uh, on Instagram, but you, uh, I, know, I don't want to interview him again. I want you to help me interview him again, you know, because I know you know more about it. So I think you'll give Arian an even better interview than I would. Um, you know, that I would just doing that again. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Well, look, I, I'm just, I'm glad that you didn't dismiss my email. I, I think that the, uh, the lithographs are perhaps a, a very, very small uh, subset of the, you know, the Guns N' Roses fan base. Not everyone's into them, but, um, you know, know, Aaron Bueller is certainly, certainly popular. So I thought that he, he warranted, uh, you know, a little bit more time. 
I mean, I would feel that these are popular because I just don't know any sort of collectible. And I know Guns N' Roses hasn't been known for for touring uh, in recent years, but even with the 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 Axel Ashba days, I just don't remember any sort of memorabilia being this sought after than these these lithographs. So I really think it's taking it to the the, the next level. Something that can never exist. It's not just like a T-shirt. It's just something so special. And and to, to learn how and, and why he comes up with the designs he does is fascinating. And you know, you knowing the specific cities and and certain questions, uh, I think you're going to be a real help uh, in this upcoming uh, episode. But uh, before I, uh, we get to Aaron calling up in a few minutes, I want to know more about you, man, and whatever you're, you know, you're able to tell us for for you. I mean. I guess I can say, like me, who's been doing this podcast thing for free for the love of it, uh, what made you want to start doing Litherati.com? What made you want it? Because that's, I'm sure, very time-consuming. Uh, yeah, well, it's certainly, it's certainly time-consuming, if, if not the, the collecting of the, the lithographs, um, it, making the, the website and, and making it uh, the way that I want it and uh, doing it properly, you know, not half-assing it. Um, you know, when, when I started to, to get, uh, interested in the artwork and, and specifically the, the lithographs, um, you know, information and pictures were, were really patchy. Um, you know, some information could be found on, on forums, uh, but it was all spread, uh, spread about. And, and sometimes the, the pictures were low quality or the, you know, the information about the lithos was unreliable or, murky or you know sometimes simply didn't exist you know there were uh, a few lithographs there that uh you know they almost felt mythic because no one had any information about them and uh and you know which probably didn't bother too many people because they they might only be searching for for information on one or two different designs but uh when you're trying to form a, a collection you know and you need to be thorough uh, so there was, yeah, a lot of time and energy spent on sort of collating all that information, um, you know, not just to make sure that the information was complete and that it was accurate for its own sake, but, you know, this information, uh, is necessary for people to be able to verify that the litho that they've traded for or bought on eBay is authentic. You know, yeah. if you don't know to look for, for numbering inconsistencies or size inconsistencies or, uh, paper quality you know, it's very, very easy to get get duped with um, with the lithograph. At the end of the day, it's just essentially a, a piece of paper. Do you see that a lot? Because that's something that I sometimes maybe I'm, I'm too naive with that people just go out of their way to make a fake litho and sell it. And you know, they, what were they like fifty bucks at the show? But they're being marked up to two hundred, three hundred bucks on, on eBay and things and in, in trades. Which I when my old co-host Scotto he. He's like, oh, I should have got. He didn't go to the the, uh, the New York shows, but he's like, oh, I should have just went to get the lithographs and sell them. He's like, I'm a capitalist. I'm like, yeah, I, I get it's America, dude, but uh, I don't know. We're all fans, he man. He wouldn't be the only. He wouldn't be the only one that I know that, that uh, mentality. So I don't blame him. Art Tavana says the same thing. But I mean, I love them both, but it's just something that's. I don't know. It's 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 just not in me to to rip people. I don't know. Rip people off capitalism, splitting splitting hairs here, but. Uh, I mean, do you have any history in doing databases? Is there something that you can, you know, again, I, I know there's not just within the band, but uh, us fans who have some sort of platform who want to keep their private life hidden uh, because there are some creeps out there. Uh, me, I just don't give a shit. 
But is do you have any sort of history with this? I mean, I don't know if that relates to what you do for a living, or is there no, not, no, just, just being all. a huge um, Guns N' Roses I, fan, just wanting to do it. Yeah, look, uh, I think if if there was a, an IT you know specialist out there and he looked at my website, he would see that it's the the most simple coding, the the most bare basics. Uh, you know, it, it's a very very simple website. Uh, I've never. Uh, made a website before i um you know i, I just used a uh what do you call a, a what, what you see is what you get uh editor sure. to um to make it make it look pretty and uh and and that's it I, i'm doing it essentially uh for the sake of doing it and and for the love of the, the artwork how far back do you go with gnr uh, again, I don't, you know, whether I know you say they say never ask a woman their age. So I don't, I don't know if I can ask a lithograph yeah. uh, guy his age. Like how far back? Yeah, look, I'm. With... Yeah, I'm 38. Oh, okay. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I loved Guns N' Roses when when I was a kid. Uh, I remember being, uh, you know, eight or nine when when I was first uh, exposed to to Guns N' Roses music. Uh, being that age. Uh, you, you want to be cool. You, you look up to the uh, to the older kids, and the the older kids I knew were twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and they were listening to Appetite for Destruction, you know. And uh, and so that's uh, how I got into to listening to, to Guns N' Roses. And uh, uh, I was lucky enough that uh, around uh, just before uh, I became a teenager, uh, my my uncle, uh, who's Japanese. Um, he uh, convinced me to uh, to to go to a Guns N' Roses show. So my first Guns N' Roses show was the uh, was the Tokyo '92 uh, concert, the one that was filmed. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. You know, I was I was 12 at the time, and uh, I admittedly don't really remember all too much about it. But, well, you got a permanent. Yeah, you, you got there. a pro shot home movie though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's. Um, I sadly, I, you, I'm not featured in it. I, oh. I, I still haven't been able to, uh, to to find my face in there. But <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, my my uncle was was uh, was awesome. He was a, a real cool guy, and and he insisted that he um, he take me to see this uh, this awesome rock band, and and uh, I you know I've loved them you know I, I've loved them ever since. Even though there was a you know ten to twenty year period there where um, you know I'd sort of uh, moved away from them. I, I didn't stop loving them. I, I, I just didn't pay too much uh, attention to uh, a band that, that at that stage I, I didn't particularly recognize. Um, sure. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I uh, fell, you know, I fell back in love with them uh, when, when they announced this, this reunion tour. Hmm. How many countries have you seen them in? Because I mean, if you missed out, you didn't even like go into the uh, Axel and and Bucket or or Ashba era. So did you just not go to any shows at that point? You only went when you were oh, younger, and then oh. now, yeah, that's it. Wow, the, okay. The uh, that that sort of uh, void between between ninety two and, and twenty sixteen, I I never saw them once. <laughs> um, Interesting. I um, yeah. Look, uh, growing I think for me growing up in the '90s, uh, around about the time where where the the wheels started to fall off uh, Guns N' Roses, um, that was when it was popular to to start listening to grunge and uh, post grunge and, and and that sort of uh, music, and uh, 
and yeah, you know, I moved sort of moved away from from Guns N' Roses. If they were going to be bringing out uh, new music, then you know, I I wanted to spend my time and and listen to uh, to other things. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, they were you know on my radar, but at the same time, they just weren't active. You know, it was I, I still yeah. for somebody who who never saw. Axel ever I, I I I don't care what a buckethead is I I gotta go I gotta go yeah but it, it just never felt like Guns N' Roses until you know not in this lifetime and you know we've spoken about it on the podcast it's no disrespect I like every version but for but for what I grew up with my first mental imprint of the band for me to see at least three fifths of that is something I never thought would happen and you know these lithographs are just kind of marking this special piece of, of of history and time where, you know, us as a fan base, I think, have so much to celebrate, you know? I mean, uh, of course, this is a fan base that likes to pick things apart, but I think uh, there's also a lot to to celebrate. And speaking of uh, picking things apart, we're probably going to talk about this and do some shotgun news after our conversation with Arian. But uh, we left off the last episode with uh, Tweetgate, I guess we can call it, between uh, Doug Goldstein to Fernando uh, and then I, uh, I I got an email from Alan Niven uh, responding to that, uh, which was not just directed at Doug, but at Axel as well. But there's a lot to talk about. So uh, I don't want to, you know, get into that. Then all of a sudden, Arian calls up and then put a pin in that. So uh, we're going to get to uh, all of that fun stuff. Also, um, I want to talk about all your feedback with our, you know, I, I can never make a T-shirt as good as a lithograph. But uh, hopefully some AFD t-shirts will be on the uh, on the way soon. So it looks like Arian's calling up right now. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am living the dream, I think. It's a dreary day here in uh, in New York City. I don't know um, what the weather is in Florida. But then again, they said wait. For, like What do they say? Like, wait five minutes? It's a different climate? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's actually rainy today, too. But Right. It's always raining yeah. in Florida. <laughs> and then in, in, what, in 20 minutes, it's going to, you know, alligators will be frolicking through the fields or something. Yeah, I actually have alligators in the pond in my in my backyard, basically. Do you? I, I mean, because I will take that literally and hope that you do. No, I do. I literally do. <laughs> are they are they your alligators or they're just like the? No. Okay. No, they're just they're just alligators that live. It's a lake, kind of. There's a like kind of a lake behind my house. It's in in a neighborhood, and that lake has alligators in it. Oh, that's that's cool. I mean, do you just watch, or is it like is that here in New York where you feed the pigeons? Is it like a Florida thing to feed the gators? With like not bread? really, no. Unless, okay, <laughs> no, because if you get if you do, start doing that, then they might you know eat one of your dogs. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can only imagine those videos that I see of just gators just cruising down the street. Man, that's something in New York. I mean, we get big some big rats, but nothing like an alligator. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and and Rich, uh, who I, I know you guys spoke off the phone. Is there are there any wild animals in Japan? I'm not going to make a, a Mothra joke. Like, are there any sort of uh, look, oh, I, I, I live, lit, I, I live literally in the the, the heart of the, the the city. I'm I'm six minutes away from uh, the the central station in in Osaka, and uh, the the city's a city of you know a metropolitan city of 25 million people. There's there's really not too much wildlife around here. Just the, just the people, just the the human traffic. Just the people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Not tra- human trafficking, but human traffic. I gotcha. So, um, so Arian, I was, I was telling, you know, uh, you know, Rich and I were, were talking uh, before uh, about, 
you know, his his website and just the the work that he's put in dedicated to to your work. And it was cool when we were trying to coordinate this uh, this interview. And I, I'm just gracious that you, uh, A, came on the first time, but they come on the second time. I mean, I just don't know how many interviews you, you do or if people like talking. You, you just never know. So, of course, just thank yeah. you again for the time. Uh, oh, my pleasure. And then I, what went through your head when I forwarded you what uh, what I guess uh, I only knew him at the time as uh, Mr. Litherati or whatever? The, the detailed questions. It was like I was sent like a book report with like outlines and a, bibli- <laughs> and a bibliography. And I'm like... I'm like, this looks really yeah. cool, but you could have been like, whoa, I just want a, a relaxed conversation about Bob Marley, and, and I don't want to go into all this. <laughs> so like, when I sent you that, like, what were your impressions about this? what this guy did with your work? Well, at first, I, I was uh, maybe slightly overwhelmed, but in a way that was like, wow, this guy's obviously a thorough thinker, you know? So, um, so that, I thought that was kind of cool, just to that someone would take the time to dedicate what he's, you know, what he's put together related to the band and, and some of the art that I've done. So, um, so I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, that there was that sort of interest or, you know, kind of enthusiasm for, for that, for that, you know, little segment of, of the whole, of the whole tour, you know? And what I find fascinating and I know you just do it for obviously you know it's your job, Irene, but it's the passion of it. But you would think like he's kind of doing what I don't know. I feel like you're doing him a favor, <laughs> Rich. I feel like you're doing Irene a favor by categorizing all of these and having a back catalog of all of Irene and Lisa Nunn's lifetime work because it's just well people want to know about I mean, it. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I hope I you know if that's a uh, I certainly expected that that might be a, a byproduct of of me making the the site, and you know I certainly have no no problems with that if if it helps um, you know if it helps with with uh, his uh, exposure um, you know if it, it helps in any way uh, you know I'm I'm glad to I'm glad to help. And I know recently you uh, you picked up some of Arian's uh, new ones because you've that's what I wanted to get Arian on again. I mean I knew in the future, but who knows after this last leg of not in this lifetime, what's going to happen, but you've been doing, uh, some new ones, Arian, and they've just been, uh, sick. What's the ones you got in your Instagram? You got the Mexico, uh, we got the Mexico show, uh, Taiwan and, uh, the Hong Kong, which are just yeah. fucking masterpieces. Uh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. So, I mean, unless, um, Rich, if you want to start somewhere, I think maybe people would just want to know what some of the inspirations behind some of the newer shows, but, uh, you're the co-host for the day. So what, where do you want to start with Arian? Uh, well, my, on my, again, I've got detailed notes. Um, uh, <laughs> my, first, my first question was, uh, was, yeah, generally about Arian's inspirations and, and specifically, uh, his, his own favorite sort of art and favorite posters, uh, perhaps when, when he was growing up. Um, and hopefully that can, Perhaps segue into uh, into the the current uh, lithographs and and the the references and the inspirations for those. Sure, there. Okay. Yeah, like I know we, maybe we touched on some of those in our. In, I don't. I should have listened to our first interview uh, before we did this. I but, didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I don't know. Well, if, I, yeah, I forgive did. me if we've asked yeah, you this, some I, of those questions before, but just um, no, that's fine. Kind of like a refresher of like what inspires you in in your. 
your plan of attack. Because I did, you know what, I'll give a credit to uh, this listener who just messaged me uh, these questions. So kind of do it in real time. This is from uh, Charles Alexander. Uh, could you ask Bueller how much time he puts into researching the city he's doing a piece for? And generally, how long it takes him to complete a detailed piece, such as the L.A. Trilogy or Iceland? Okay. Yeah, well, um, I've, that's one of my, my questions was, was going to start to, to um, ask details about the, the design process and um, yeah, how long it sort of takes to, uh, from you know, sitting down in, in front of a blank canvas to, to actually having a, you know, something that's uh, you know, submission-worthy. Okay, yeah, we can definitely go over that. Um, yeah, however we want to start it. Start it. Um, it's cool with me. Yeah, so we can start there. When you, okay, so for this leg, like when they, like how does it, how soon after they like announce like the Mexico date, that do mm-hmm. you get that information and do you have to turn that around to give to them? Well, I usually get I usually get a heads up uh, before the you know before the date has been announced uh, to the public, just so I have time to research and. Um, you know, come up with ideas that I think may work for, you know, the band and also the city and the people that that, that live there. So, um, but that all depends too. Sometimes it, it varies. Sometimes I get uh, that heads up kind of earlier, and then and then sometimes and sometimes I I don't. So, um, and it usually what happens is it's, you know, I'll get. I'll get the, it's not just, I won't just get the one, the information for the one city. I'll get the information for, you know, the, the, the whatever leg of the tour may be coming up. And so the, there'll be multiple cities. And then I can sort of choose which ones I want to um, design for uh, based on ideas that I may already have or cities that I think may be interesting, uh, you know, uh, or that, you know, there may be some sort of, you know, interesting, um, angle that I can, you know, maybe work and take to, you know, make a poster that I think is, you know, worthy. So um, it kind of, it kind of all, it varies. And then sometimes I'll get hit, I'll I'll get, uh, you know, a a request that's very short notice. And it can be, you know, I've gotten some that have been like, I have to turn it around in two days. Wow. Um, From research to final product. And that's uh, that's obviously doable because I I can't even think I can't even do a book report on hop on pop in two days that you can able <laughs> so I mean how much time were you like all right you know I've done my research I can't keep looking anymore I got to start with something and do you ever feel like you settle on something and say like hey I wish I had more time um, yeah I do sometimes I feel like I wish I had more time and a lot of times if I if I have too much time if there's too you know there's too much sort of lead in then um, you can, you can do too much research and kind of get bogged down with too many ideas. So I find, I find there's almost in a way there's like a sweet spot in there where it's like, there's not too much time, but there's not too much of a rush. And then you can really kind of get it done. So I I would say, you know, usually from beginning of research to completed product, you know, product is probably three to four days. Um, is usually how, how it kind of goes. Hmm. Um, and you know, if I was, if I, if I was asked to do that 10 years ago, I would have thought there's no way I could do that. Uh, I just would have been overwhelmed and thought, 
that's not possible. Um, but, you know, you, you get to a point where you adjust to that kind of schedule and it, and it, and it feels, it feels right. And sort of, and I like deadlines and I kind of like to work under pressure anyway. Um, so that works for me. How do you, uh, do you draw it out like with hand by, by hand first and forgive my ignorance if I don't know the, the, the process uh, and then convert it, like scan it and, or do you just um, yeah, do you have a program that you guys are, are do are you past the pen and paper or pen a pencil and paper part and you're just doing everything well, digital? I, I, I usually will sketch out some stuff first just on paper. Um, it's usually just a, a real rough kind of sketch, just to kind of get an idea. Because sometimes I'll have an idea in my head and then I think it'll work and then I'll sketch it out and I'm like, no, nah, that's not that's not coming out the way I sort of envision it. Um, so usually it'll start that way. It'll start pen and paper or, you know, pencil and paper. And then, uh, but then that I won't go too far with that because um, it ends up taking a lot of time that I, I kind of don't have. Um, so I'll sketch the, I'll sketch the original concept out on, on paper and then I'll, I'll, I'll go right into uh, Photoshop and I use a, I use like a drawing tablet Um so I draw on this tablet. It's it's kind of supposed to be like a sheet of paper, and then it shows up on my monitor. Um, and so then I do everything. Everything from that point on is in Photoshop. That way, it's digitally ready to go, and I can just send it off when it's when it's completed. What do you think, Rich? Like, does that does that surprise uh, you at all that he does these things in 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 two days sometimes? Given you know you really have. You know, have your eyes on his work for hours and hours, and see the intricate detail. Does that surprise you that it goes so quickly? I, I'm, with, being a person that that has no sort of artistic talent whatsoever, um, <laughs> I, I'm always always amazed uh, when whenever anyone uh, explains how long it takes him to to make a particular piece of, of artwork. Um, so yeah, you know, turning something around in in two days or even you know four days or eight days uh, uh, certainly amazes me. What doesn't amaze me is, uh, is you know, the, the idea of, of some, uh, you know, company or, you know, commissioning artwork and expecting you to, to get it done within two days. That, that sort of sounds like business as usual. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you could you could put me in front of a a, cam, a blank canvas and uh, and ask me to to draw something and uh, we'll all grow old before I come up with anything uh, uh, interesting. It reminds me. I don't know if either, either of you uh, are South Park fans, but there was this documentary called Six Days to Air, I believe, and it's it was about how they can turn around a South Park episode in six days. And they're pretty topical. Like if something breaks in the news, they will have the new episode featuring that. And watching uh, Trey Parker, which I finally saw a Book of Mormon here in, in New York City, which was brilliant. Uh, that is brilliant. It's really funny. Yeah. And just seeing him like freak out. And I remember him like hate eating McDonald's to make himself feel better. And he's like, it sucks. And this is a guy who's won countless awards and is a millionaire. His work is beloved. And he's just... Like, it's just not good enough. And, like, he has to kind of, like, all right, here it is. I'm done with it. And then maybe, you know, after the fact, he's like, all right, it wasn't that bad. And that's kind of how I am, to be honest with you. That's why I always, you know, I love the allure of Chinese democracy. I would always 
compare whatever work I was doing. It'll be ready when it's ready. It's not ready for the world yet. Like, like are you are you so focused and just in there wherever your uh, workspace is, or are you kind of you know hate eating, uh, hating yourself eating White Castle, or just I don't know. <laughs> and, and are you breaking out in sweats? Are you nervous? Or are you you just know what you got to do and you do it? Um, it depends. I mean, for the most part, I'm kind of I have a lot of discipline as far as just my approach so i can kind of just get in there and get it done um but you know there's definitely a a lot of the art that i do or designs that i do uh, you know i'll look back on them and not like them um Mm. just because that's i think it's just the nature of it like oh i could have done this better or changed that or you know whatever whatever it may be or i don't like the style of it or, or, or you know but i think like i said that for me that just helps me improve anyway as I, you know, evolve through life. So, um, so there's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag, you know, like some of it, some of it comes together great and, and it's easy. And then some of it's not. Are there any, um, and you don't have to quote name names, but are there, are there any, uh, not in this lifetime lithos that you don't like? Cause chances are you have fans that love it. That maybe might be that might be curious to be like you know what he doesn't even like this one and who knows that makes that one more popular in the end yeah um, anyone that have, that I've done that I don't like yeah that, that that on this not in this lifetime tour yeah um, let me think about that there are some I'm just not coming up with any right off the top of my head all right well if they come up organically here's a, a question from. It's off on my GNRforum.com from GNR fan Milo. And I'm not sure if we addressed this last time, Arian. Uh, why didn't they do any lithos for the uh, 2006 uh, South American tour? It was the only leg of the entire Not In This Lifetime tour that didn't get any lithos. I got the, uh, the Tango one in 2017, La Plata. Uh, I don't know why I said that with an accent. Uh, Argentina with The Who. Uh, but they didn't do any lithos for the first time when they came down here. It was pretty disappointing. Thanks. So, um, did we talk about that last time? I don't recall. I think we might have touched on that. Um, either way, he didn't hear it, so let's answer it now. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, I don't know the specifics about that. Um, I think there was, I, I think there was some sort of, um, you know, it might have been through, through management or something. I really don't know. I didn't get any information on it. Uh, I usually only get the information when they need something, mm. more so than when they don't, you know? Were you disappointed? Like, you know, hey, what's going on? Especially when you were asked again. It wasn't like they were just, hey, for this run of the tour, here are the lithographs. But it's it's become something. So it is it is curious. Yeah. yeah. Why they wouldn't yeah. do it. Hmm. Um, I, was I, just, I, don't, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. Um, I would just, you know, uh, of course, I, 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 I'm always looking forward to doing something new. Um, but I wasn't necessarily disappointed. Actually, I think I might have been working on the, um, some Rolling Stones stuff at that point too. Um, okay. So I don't. Yeah. So I don't. There wasn't. I wasn't particularly disappointed in it. But you know, I would be not for me personally, but maybe disappointed for, for the fans. I don't know if. I don't know. If, you know, if the South America leg, like I don't. I don't know if they're into that. Into those. You know, to having a lithographs or not. I know some some countries it's not that popular, and so mm-hmm. I don't know. If, so if if I was if I was going to say that I'd be disappointed anyway, it would be for someone that was hoping to get something unique at one of those spots and, and didn't get the opportunity. Ah, oh, I got you. That makes sense. Uh, well, I, actually, um, 
now that you mention it, uh, I, that was a rumor that that I heard um, because I um, I've got some friends that that are in South America and uh, and they when I told them that um, that there was no lithographs for for the South American uh, shows in in 2016, um, they sort of you know, replied back to me that, that, that seemed to be, you know, par for the course that, that it didn't really seem like the sort of thing that, that South American fans would, would want anyway. Interesting. Um, you know, South American fans apparently love, love shirts. So there was a whole bunch of shirts available, but, um, you know, for, for 2016, I'm, I'm guessing maybe, uh, Fernando or, or Bravado just thought that it probably wasn't worthwhile to, um, to do them. Um, that was uh, the understanding that that some of the the litho collectors seem to have, uh, you know, that's the conclusion that they seem to have uh, come to. Hmm. Um, but then, you know, 2017 they uh, they went back to um, to South America again for I think four four shows or five shows, and uh, and that uh, particular leg did have lithos. But uh, I think that you've got a year more than a year's worth of of uh, of shows. Uh, and probably merchandise sales statistics to show that hey maybe maybe we should be doing the lithographs, uh, and and they rectified it for for 2017. Uh, but why exactly there was there is no lithos for for 2016? That's that's still a mystery. It's just cool that Aaron to hear that they're still they're they're in demand. But that is interesting. Like maybe there is market research that certain things sell better in different countries. And speaking of, I guess, countries, and I just want to read this other comment from uh, my GNR forum. Uh, Georgina said, uh, my deepest admiration for his work, Kobe, in uh, Taiwan, are the cherry on top of a group of masterpieces. And uh, she also writes, give thanks to the guy of Litherati. So you both got shout outs. Cool. <laughs> so, I mean, that's why I, it's not just like, hey, I love his work. There's always just your favorite. It's like your favorite uh, I was gonna. I don't know why I was about to say Beanie Babies as an example, but it's like it's just a. It's just like you're, it's it's just like it's not your favorite T-shirt. Like it's T-shirts can be sold everywhere. They're at every stop. But the, the fact that you, they're they're so specific. I think maybe, maybe yeah, those fans might be felt left out because that would have been specific to them in South America. You can't get that anywhere else. You can get the same GNR shirt. You can get it on the store. You can get it on eBay, but it it, it would not be a piece of where you come from and that's why that uh the one i have is special it's new york city uh and it's just it, it just it's more than just getting a, a cool looking duff skeleton poster it's just something that i could take that like hey i was there you know kind of thing right and i think it's, it's actually oh sorry no go ahead uh i i was just going to say it's kind of funny to think that uh you know up until a week or so before the, the, the first show that I went to uh, in in Osaka of this tour, um, you know, I had no interest in, in any merchandise whatsoever. You know, I'm a, I'm a big guy, and, and especially in, in Asia, Asian clothing tends to, to run pretty small, and uh, so I never get too attached to any clothing designs because of the chances of, of them having a size comfortable for me is usually pretty slim. Um, but... You know, what, what actually, when, you know, I found out that they had this concert specific uh, merchandise and, uh, and, you know, that's what got me hooked. I was actually going to say that I think that is part of the appeal of this, of of what has happened with the whole tour is that, you know, being able to get an individual design for each spot has 
connected with fans because because it it does it does it is something unique to that one specific place like you're talking about with, with the New York one that you have, um, you know because it it kind of helps sort of bring back that me- bring back that memory of that show if you're looking at it on the wall and so it's you get to kind of you know re- relive a bit of that experience that you had at the concert and so I do think that's been part of the success of this thing this whole thing is that it is very specific you know to 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 the fans, you know, that have actually gone to those shows. And, and I, I, I forget if I mentioned this back when it, it happened, but I was contacted by a GNR fan on Facebook uh, locally on, on Long Island, and she wanted to trade for the Duff one. Uh, I believe she said because her, her cat's name was Duff, and she was going to uh, trade me the Axel one. And I was down with it. I mean, Axel is my, quote, favorite member, you know, like my favorite Power Ranger or whatever. Uh, but then at the end, I, I didn't want to because I wasn't there for that show. I was there for the Duff show, uh, the one where Pink came out. So that was mine. So it is interesting that how the – yeah. And, and, of course, just the quality of it, not just the drawing but the paper. It's just it's better than just getting, you know, just a regular band poster. It's, it's, it's artwork. It, it, it's, it's, it's legit artwork that happens to be also a band poster. Um, what I – what so when Lithuania? I want to know like wh- how do you go about like how much research did you do on Arian before you started making the uh, the website? Did you know about him at all, or you were just wanted to start? You just liked his work and put or uh, was putting it all together, or did you want to kind of know why? Because uh, when I, I look at Arian stuff, and you'll sometimes put up the the details on Instagram about what it means, but Rich has put a lot of work into it uh, to kind of really create, again, a, a, a Dewey Decimal system for these, uh, yes, I remember what that is, uh, to, to, do, <laughs> to, to do his website. So did you do any research, I guess, on Arian as well or just on, um, on the look, pictures? I'm, I'm, yeah, look, I'm trying to, to uh, think back to, to you know, that, that time where I decided to create the, the website or at least create the, the database. And you know, I'm, I'm thinking that it was on one of the online forums that 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 I had heard uh, Arian's uh, Arian's name uh, linked to the to the artwork. Um, you know, I'd I'd gone to uh, you know a lot of uh, you know big concerts when I was young and never you know never saw uh, you know concert specific merchandise or concert specific posters uh, before. Um, you know, it, it certainly did kind of surprise me. Uh, and so it, it didn't automatically click with me that, uh, we would know who the, the artist was. Um, my first impression was that it would be someone in-house at, uh, Bravado that was doing it. Uh, and then finding out, uh, somehow, whether it was, uh, on the forums or, or elsewhere that, uh, that there was a, a freelance, uh, artist that was, um, that was doing, a significant percentage of the uh, of the, the lithographs um, that certainly spurred me to uh, to try to find out as much information as I could uh, about uh, about him as an uh, as an artist uh, and 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 obviously the other the art, other artists are involved in in making the uh, uh, the lithographs um, yeah. It's just, it's just like it, it is so cool again to go back to um, what I said to you, Aaron. Like what like what do you think about someone making a database of 
of your work. But I guess my question is, because, yeah, you ha- you're you on Instagram, uh, and I don't want to put all of social media on you. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. But is there a reason why maybe you don't do more to like, promote yourself? I mean, obviously people find you. Rolling Stones found you. Guns N' Roses found you. Uh, you know, Bob Marley, in a way, found you. So is there, like, a reason why... You know, you didn't have your own version of Litherati.com, and it's, you know, and it, it's it's awesome that you didn't have to do it. That that uh, you know, just <laughs> so I don't know. It's just uh, I guess that's the lazy guy in me. I know someone doing the work for me. You know, just because he, he loves it. Yeah. So is there a reason um, why? I mean, because I guess you're kind of a private person, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a bit of that. I think it's a bit of just privacy where I don't, you know, I don't tend to. Um, put everything out there uh i think that's just my uh, part of just my personality um so in the and also i find it i find social media can be pretty consuming uh, time consuming uh, and then also just end up finding my i end up finding myself thinking about it a lot so if i do it too much i feel like it pulls away from my family and you know my son and my wife and um, just things that I want to do that aren't related to my work and, you know, that, that kind of part of my world. So that's probably the most, mostly the reason that I don't do a whole lot of it because I, I actually want to live a little bit of my life uh, with, with not, not thinking about any of that. So. <laughs> I get it. Um, I, I, I totally get it. It's, it's really a um, double-edged sword because I often think, like, would I even be – on social media if it wasn't for for radio and like yeah i you know the 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 occasional self-esteem boost from a selfie or uh the validation from a really shitty one-liner is nice but uh just to be on all of these social media i mean it's a it's a blessing and a curse and i appreciate um you know for the most part i've had wonderful fans reach out to me throughout my career and who are become facebook friends and it's cool you know sometimes some of the things that they 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 tell because they never met you, but they they kind of feel that they know you. So have you gotten? And I, obviously you get a lot of praise and saying, "Oh, great work!" And I've read some of them on the air, both this episode and our first conversation. But is there any message that you got from a a fan uh, that really stands out to you? Like any any sort of story that they may have associated with with a piece of work or um, or anything like that? Um. Not, not, not specifically. I, I, I've had a lot, like, in, in sort of what you're saying too. I've had a lot of nice people reach out to me um, th- through through social media, uh, you know, just in general, um, and that's that's really nice. Uh, and, and you know, and I've been able to sort of make some friends that way. And um, so, like you're saying, it, it, it is it can be a very cool thing, and, and it is a bit of a double-edged sword. I did have someone. Um, sort of reach out to me about a Rolling Stones design that I had done. And um, they were telling me that they had actually ended up having to sell the poster because they'd fallen on hard times and they needed to get some money. And so that that one was kind of, that one kind of stood out to me as something that was like just a per, you know, someone just reaching out to me on a personal level, telling me about what they were going through. And mm. so that, that one kind of stands out a bit to me because that that's not a common thing that I get. And, um, and most, you know, and most, most of the things with social media is it's almost always just a highlight reel of people's lives. Sure. So to get something like that on more of a personal level, that's not just, 
how great their life is uh, was kind of kind of meant a little bit more to me just because someone felt that they could they could do that and uh, you know and so that that one stands out a bit. Okay, yeah, no, right on. I absolutely here, and it just you're just doing your job. You, you, you happen to love your job, what you do, because. Uh, like I do, and it's just interesting when it it affects somebody that you just don't even realize in the way that it did, and it's sort of yeah, exactly. And, and they're they're willing to share a piece of their life with you, you know. Right, and so that that's interesting, and that you know, and so th- that means you know that definitely means something to me, and, uh, and you know, and and having Rich create the whole we- the whole website uh, dedicated to all the lithographs and you know all that stuff too is. It's pretty unique and and cool and you know I've actually I just kind of discovered the website just recently I think through an email chain that we had had <laughs> and um, I actually when I'm trying to remember some of the stuff that I did I'll go to that I'll go to his website and look up okay well, what did I why did I do that <laughs> until I actually have the information on there nice See, I, oh that's very flattering. I have a whole book I have a whole book of notes and stuff but it's hard to sort of hard to go back and page through everything and say oh why did i design that this way and because it's hard to remember all of them just off the top of my head you know oh sure and this is just one band and one tour and you have so much work you know it's we're only focusing on just a piece of you know what you've been doing and so i can't even imagine what's normally swimming uh through your head uh, and and I, and I like. Uh, did you know about the this tour? Because I know. Obviously, I asked you last time. Like, what could we expect? Uh, you know, whatever you can divulge. Did you know, uh, or were you still in talks to do these uh, recent string of shows? Last time we spoke. Oh, from this this last leg here. Yeah. Did you like not I know the, at I think all? I was actually in the. Pro- I think I was in the process of actually designing some of them. Ah, okay. At that sneaky, at that sneaky. Time. Nice. Yeah. Well, I just you know I kind of. Part of my part of my career has been able is being able to keep things quiet. So, <laughs> sure. Like that's part of my success is I can't you know there's a lot of stuff that I can't talk about um, <laughs> because if I do talk about it and it gets out there then I might be out of a job. Very true. So uh, yeah. you so. can you can say no comment uh, to obviously the Rolling Stones are going to start doing dates again. Uh, are you or are you not or no comment doing anything with the Stones in the future for this uh, upcoming uh, string of shows, this tour? I am doing some things, yeah. Okay. All right. That's good enough of an answer. I don't need to probe any more than that. <laughs> okay. That's so cool. I, I, I Fuck, I got to see them, man. It's like every year. It's like they're going to die sooner or later, and I don't feel good saying that. It, <laughs> they're great, too. I saw them their last go-around, and they were really good. So if you get a chance, definitely go go see them because you know like you said who knows how much longer they'll keep doing it but, I know. My, uh, but they are still really good my brother saw them my brother Tristan saw them maybe a few years ago when they played Israel and my brother happened to be on uh, Birthright at the time so and uh, this is my segue into saying uh, it's Hanukkah so happy Hanukkah to none of you guys are Jewish I'll say happy Hanukkah to myself <laughs> I'll say it to half of I'll say it to Steven Adler out there somewhere and Doug Goldstein that's it so, Rich, you have a lot of notes. Uh, any any questions? Uh, any specific questions? Uh, perhaps uh, an idea for your website? Any additional features? Who knows? Maybe there'll be like an oh, ask. Oh, no, look. There's <laughs> not going to be like an Ask Arian column? Uh, <laughs> like a Dear Abby? Perhaps. <laughs> look, if, look, if, um, if, if the, uh, the tour is really ending, um, you know, there's not going to be much work for me to 
uh, to do on the, the website, I'm going to have to think of something uh, to, to fill my time. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe an, maybe an ask Arian uh, <laughs> column is it's not, not, not necessarily a bad idea, but, um, look, uh, I've got a, uh, I could probably uh, come up with a, a million different questions, but, um, I, I'll go through them one by one. Um, one, I think one question that, uh, that some people, uh, a lot of the fans, uh, ask about is, um, maybe the the rights on commissioned artwork um that uh that arian or or other artists uh might have um you know he these are these are obviously uh commissioned uh pieces of art uh and people are really curious as to what sort of art, uh, rights uh he would retain on on the the commissioned artwork um you know uh I think that stems first and foremost from uh, a Sara Ray print uh, from 2016. Uh, she she did one of the uh, the San Diego prints. Uh, however, she sold variants of her San Diego design on her Etsy page. Uh, you know, no other artist seemed to to follow suit. It was only her with her particular San Diego design um, that she she did that. She didn't sell the the exact version that was sold at the at the show um her her ones that were available on etsy were were variants colored variants um and you know the we couldn't understand why she would either do that or be able to do that and mm-hmm. yet no one else seemed to to follow suit you know the, the closest i could uh think of was um there's a another artist jimbo phillips who uh who did one uh, one print, uh, one lithograph for um, for Sacramento, and he actually uh, in the the week or two weeks after the the show, um, he was actually selling some of those same exact numbered lithographs on on his website. I'm guessing that Bravado or Guns N' Roses gave him, you know, a, a small uh, amount of of those numbered uh, lithographs that were available at the the concert, and he was able to to sell them. Uh, on his website, but they, you know, they weren't reprints. Um, you know, it, it, I know it, it made us curious as, as fans, as collectors, uh, why uh, some of these artists were able to, to, to do that. And, um, you know, art, it, yeah. Do you, do you have the right to do something like that if you want, Arian? If you, if you wanted to, to, to sell your own copies uh, or, or like a version uh, of, you know. Yeah, uh, uh You know, I haven't obviously. I haven't done that yet, and um, I, there's no. I don't. You know, there's no plans as of now to do that, um, and I don't know what deals they have worked out. You know, Sarah and Jimbo. Um, so, whatever their deal was, obviously that was built into it, and that that's how that's how it worked out. Um, but you know. For mine personally, I don't, I'm like I said, I'm not doing that. I don't have plans to do that now. But I would, if I ever was to try to do something like that, you know, never say never that I, you know, I wouldn't do it. But if I ever was to, I guess it would just be, I would keep it as a, it would just be a variant because I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to compete with the value of the posters that are from the show. It would, it would only be something separate. But like I said, I don't have plans to do that, so. Um, Nothing like uh, uh, no. I mean, I know some of them were t-shirts. Uh, nothing like a uh, a coaster, a coffee mug, or is that an insult to your art? If it was like a keychain, 
<laughs> no, that's no. I mean, you know, that's not an insult. No, but okay. no, I have, no. There's no there's no plans on on any of that stuff either. Um, so, I, you know, I I don't have, like I said, I don't have any of that in the works. But like, okay. also, you know, never say never. But I wouldn't, you know, like if if it ever was to happen, it would be like I said, it would be a limited, a very limited run, and it would be um, something that was obviously a color variant so it wouldn't you, it wouldn't be something that was like confused with getting it actually at the actual concert you got know? it mm-hmm. or maybe uh, you can come out with your own box set one day that would be crazy <laughs> you know there would be right. fa- you know there would be a couple fans that would do that buy every single one in, in a box set you know that, that. that yeah that probably would yeah <laughs> it's, which, which is just crazy to me which is just absolutely just fa- uh, stunning and fascinating but again uh, what I pro- I'm sure I told you the first time, and I'll say again, these are just more than just cool posters or designs. It's just something, you know, the what you do each time with with each city. There's just a piece of history. So we're gonna get you out of here uh, pretty soon, Rich. Do you have anything else you you want to ask Ar- Arian while we got him? Uh, look, I, I think uh, I'm I'm happy with uh, uh, with the the time that that we've been able to to get from from Arian. Uh, uh, I, I know. I know. In the um, email that we had gone back and forth, that you had meant, you know, we didn't actually talk about inspiration. I don't know if he, like, who I was inspired by, you know, young or now, or if you, if you want to talk about that, we can too. I know that was in part of it, and we didn't touch on that, but sure. I, I, we maybe in the first episode, but I don't expect everyone to listen to all ninety-four episodes of the AFD show, so we can, you know, um, rehash who some of your. Your your inspiration uh, were at the beginning when you got into drawing and, and designing. So, uh, who were the some whether it's then or now some of the people that you look up to? Yeah, so I'm mean, you know early on there's several different you know artists. I have a wide range of of people that I draw inspiration from. Rick Rick Griffin was definitely one of them. Poster designer. Um, he did a lot of stuff for The Grateful Dead and. And uh, Jimi Hendrix, and he was, just, you know, sort of started that psychedelic era poster stuff. Um, so I really like his stuff. But he also, before that, was very involved uh, in the surf world. And so he did stuff for Surfer Magazine and illustrations. And um, and in the books, he actually made cartoons that were in the in the um, early magazines, like in the, the late 60s. And um, so, and I, you know, I grew up surfing, and so there's multiple sort of reasons that I'm inspired by him. Uh, and he, and he also drew off of some of the car culture and stuff too, from Southern California, which I like. like the, you know, he always, a lot of times he incorporated the, the flying eyeball, the, like the eye in the sky. And so I always thought that stuff was cool. And that's kind of taken from Von Dutch, who was um, involved in, he was an early pinstriper and artist in the fifties that I, that, that I thought was the interesting kind of guy that, you know, in the car culture scene in, in Southern California. Um, so I liked his stuff a lot. Also Robert Williams, who happened to do the, you know, the artwork for the appetite mm-hmm. for destruction. Sure. Um, so I liked his, I like his stuff a whole lot. His stuff is totally wild and uh, re- really just, you know, its own thing. Um, so his stuff was really interesting to me too. Like he did the uh, uh, the original uh, cover of the AFD of uh, the AFD show of Appetite. Exactly. Yeah. 
and you know, they, actually that wasn't the name of you know the name that was the name of Appetite for Destruction was actually the name of that painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where they got the name for the album. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I liked his stuff before I started doing any of this stuff with Guns N' Roses, and so that was kind of a cool thing for me because I, you know, he was really involved in the he was really involved in the car scene too back in the fifties and sixties in, in Southern California. So he did all this, he did a bunch of illustration stuff for Ed Ross. Um, so I thought Ed Roth is a guy that created Rat Sync, which was a, a whole thing back in the 60s too oh yeah okay uh yeah do you know who that is i wasn't alive but i remember rat fink i i, I, yeah, I wasn't alive either yeah <laughs> but i do i grew up kind of around it and so he he was one of the guys that ed ross hired to do some of the illustrations for for all of that rat fink stuff okay um so that, there's a bunch of connections there that i think are cool um and then jim phillips too who is, is jimbo phillips is father who who did all the artwork for like santa cruz skateboards back in the 80s mm -hmm. and so i liked his stuff a whole lot too um just because it's totally wild and fun to look at uh and then stuff now current guys um there's a guy named wayne white who i think is really cool and uh interesting he i don't know if either one of you guys know who he is but i do um, not he he did all the artwork for um, Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> really? Yeah. So he did all of the he he I think he co like helped create a lot of the characters on Pee Wee's Playhouse. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Arian. He's now my favorite, but you're my second. <laughs> they just had a Pee Wee's uh, marathon on Thanksgiving on the IFC channel. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I got excited. So look him up because he's he's great. So he did that stuff, but now he does a bunch of other stuff, and he's got a He's got a book out, um, and he's he does all these crazy puppets, and he's and he's got a he seems to have a great sense of humor. I think there's an actual documentary out about him too that's really good. It's, okay. Um, so he's one of the guys that I just like to pay attention to because he's he's really creative and original, and has a has a great sort of he doesn't take any of it too seriously, which I think is cool. Hmm. So Wayne White, he's cool. Right on, right on. Um, so that just touches on a few of them. There's, a, I have a whole bunch of other stuff too, but I, I, I could go on about that forever. <laughs> and just like how we can keep going on and on, but I'll get you out of here. Just on, I'll ask you about one of the uh, the current ones. The, the The Monterey Mexico one is is interesting. Uh, it's a skeleton holding a, a a hammer and and a giant gold wheel. I'm poorly explaining it. But for those who, of course, could see it on uh, Arian Bueller's uh, Instagram, can you tell us the inspiration behind that one? Yeah. Um, so that Monterey, uh, you know, from the research that I had done, I found that they were um, mostly an industrial city, you know, and so they that part of the city has sort of, uh, of their history has, you know, they've moved away from that a bit. Um, you know, they're not as, as involved in in that anymore from what i've from what i read um but they, there's still a lot of pride in that sort of history of, of the city and so um there's a statue there that is is uh related to the design that i did um, and i thought it would be interesting and kind of cool to just you know sort of pay respect to that part of of their culture um by doing you know by doing something that related to it 
Awesome. I mean, they, they really are brilliant. And each one you know, that comes out, it's just the, the color schemes, and again, what you go into the history of it, uh, and it, the fact that you have a fan that creates a database of your work. I have to uh, hire Raz Q to help me build a, a YouTube channel, so I don't have fans making pages about me. But you, Arian Bueller, you you got that. So, um, for, for... Um, actually, there's there's one other that I'd like to just uh, there's a design that I did that this is kind of it's related obviously to the tour, but it's the Italy um, the Italy design. There was two designs that were done. One was the Amola like race car driver, and then there was the the um, cannibal Holocaust design. Okay. Um, I know it's on the it's on the Litherati site. I actually did that design too. Um, oh wow! And it's okay. Related to that. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you would if you had known that, Rich. No, no. Um, I I think that there's um that was actually one thing that I sort of wanted to to bring up. Uh, during the the podcast was that, you know, I I put uh, a a bit of time and effort into researching as much as I can, but there's still a a significant percentage of the uh, the lithographs that are still unattributed. I don't know who the artists are. Really? And there's just not, yeah, there's just not enough information out there. And, and like you, like you see just here, uh, there's one that, that Arian did that, you know, unless he admitted to it, there's there's just not enough information out there to to uh, uh, to, to confirm uh, that it was him or 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 anybody else. Um, you know, I've I've tried to contact uh, Bravado, and, and I, I know that they're busy people, and they probably have more things to more important things to do than than reply to a uh, you know a dorky a dorky email. <laughs> but um, yeah, there there's still you know, to there's still uh, lithos from from 2016 that that are unattributed. Um, so they've they've been out there in uh, part of the you know the Guns N' Roses uh, uh, zeitgeist, I suppose, and uh, and people still don't know uh, who to to thank for some of these designs. So um, you know, for certainly. Uh, thank you for for that uh, that piece of information, and and more importantly, thank you very much for that uh, for that design. It's uh, it's one of the certainly one of the uh, underappreciated designs. I I kind of I, I when I first saw it, it looked so so familiar. Like I I it took me months to to for it to finally click. Oh wait a minute, I I've seen that. That's the that's the I I remember a VHS video cover with you know that looked similar to that. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a nice one. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I knew I had never posted anything about it. And, um, and so I, I didn't know if there was any, you know, I didn't know if there was any interest in that one anyway. Um, but I, you know, I, I kind of thought that one was different and a little sort of, you know, uh, unexpected compared to a lot of the other designs that it was going on for the tour. And so, um, yeah, I just figured I I would, you know, t- let you know that that was one that I had done. I have I, I've I've done some work in the past with some people um, that were really into cult movie like horror movies. That that was sort of their thing, and so I did some work with them and kind of traveled down that road a bit. And uh, that's awesome. And this poster is kind of you know related to that in a way. I like that. You know, I I just uh, I I like that. Uh, you know, not just me, but but other people see the variety in in Arian's designs and, and the variety in the, the references uh, in those 
those lithographs, you know, um, you know, he, he's pulled uh, references from classic art, you know, like the, the Madrid poster was, was styled on a Salvador Dali painting. Um, you know, there's, there's other designs that are drawn like in a comic book style. Um, Aaron's referenced modern imagery. There's, there's astronauts on, on the Cincinnati poster. There's references to, you know, urban legends, pop culture, a lot of, uh, mythology, um, you know, and part of the fun for, for me, at least when I was researching, uh, some of the, uh, the designs was trying to find all of these references. You know, some of them are instantly recognizable, uh, uh, but others were were really tough. Uh, like I said, with that Cannibal Holocaust one, that took me months. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it just sort of stood out there for a while, and and it, it took me a while for it to to finally click. And and stumbling upon those sort of references is kind of like striking gold for me at times. Mm. Um, I I remember uh, my favorite moment was actually. Uh, looking up information about um, about the Zurich lithograph that that Arian did, um, which had a, a very Dadaism uh, sort of uh, design to it, and um, you know Dadaism is a very recognizable, uh, unique art style. So I was just looking around on Google for for an image that, to me at least, sort of struck uh, struck me as quintessentially Dada. You know, just to showcase the, the style, and, and out of nowhere, I find this image. And the composition is almost identical, you know, to um, to Arian's lithograph, and it made my heart race. You know, it's just that I stumbled across it, and I I personally I, I love it. I love when when artists pay you know an homage to a to a previous work, uh, and I love comparing the the two images you know side by side to see what subtle changes were made to to make the new design look special, um, but. You know, I don't know, Aaron. Do you do you enjoy doing those sort of homage designs more, or do you prefer coming up with with something that's like completely fresh? Um, I, I kind of like doing both um, because I I like a lot of the design work that's already been done in the past. Um, you know, if, especially if it's been done really well. I, you know, I, I just find it inspiring, and so uh, I like to do. I like to ha- I like to kind of mix up the the uh, design stuff that I do because you know I generally um, find it more interesting to challenge myself and 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 but then some some at the same time pay pay homage to people you know people that have done their what their their style or their craft really well um, and maybe bring attention to it to people that may not know about that stuff you know that had been done in the past that is because some of it can be some of the stuff that's been was done in like the twenties and thirties can feel really, really modern now. And people, a lot of people don't even know about it. And so some of that stuff is fun for me to do just because like I said, it's, it challenges me, but it also points back to something that was interesting and cool in a certain time period. And so I like, I like a little bit of everything just because like I said, I, I kind of, I like to, I like to challenge myself on, on a, on, you know, on a lot of different just levels as, as far as creating. I don't, I don't like to just do one design style and stick with that. There's some artists that do that and they do it really well and that's cool. Uh, but for me, it, it gets a bit boring. So I like to try and do a little bit of kind of everything that I, I think is interesting at least. Right on. 
And Cannibal Holocaust is an insane movie. Like, that's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not for the uh, the faint of heart. Um, no. But what's making me, now what I think is uh, um, I was called you Letharati, Rich. <laughs> Uh, what you were saying, like, I don't know what I may do once this uh, run of shows is over, but what I'm thinking now, if if there ever is an Ask Ariant section and we expand upon that, and I hope to get some sort of royalties from this idea, is a book. <laughs> is a book. It wouldn't ruin the integrity, I think, of the art, because obviously there are a lot of art books, and then to have the history of the piece next to it, and, and perhaps with the inspiration next to it. I think... That would be fascinating. I think a lot of uh, not just Guns N' Roses fans would enjoy it, but I just think uh, art fans in general. But that's just, I'm just planting an idea. Just know that you, I, it, I, I've said it first. I guess we're credit for that. I have kicked around a bit of an ideas about that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Fine. Have, it's fine. I'm not going to take credit for your ideas. Fine, fine. I, <laughs> I do have tons of sketches oh, and re- research and, you know, so it would be kind of neat to do something like that where it's, I, it would show the process where it's, you know, my actual the pencil sketches and my notes, yeah. you know, along with the sort of evolution of each design, I think could be kind of an, an interesting thing. Mm. Absolutely. I, uh, I hope certainly, that happens. You've certainly piqued my interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I, I want to leave on a, a high note with you, Aaron. I want us to, to have dreams of a, of a book, but in the meantime, you know what? What do you have coming up before? Because I know we can be, you know, talking to you, of course, for more hours. I know uh, Rich can. Um, you know, you may do some stuff. You will do some stuff with the Rolling Stones. Uh, anything else? You know, GNR or not GNR related? We can look for in the future. Um, you know, after the end of the leg here, um, or the, the the tour, from what I from what I know, I don't have much on the horizon for with Guns N' Roses, but. Me personally, I don't know if there's something that they've got going on. Um, but me personally, I don't have much uh, w- with them. You'll still be allowed on the show, though, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, yeah, some of the stone stuff. And then, you know, there's multiple other things that are kind of in the works, but nothing nothing uh, earth-shattering. Okay, right on. Um, and, of course, you're, you're pretty accessible on your Instagram, at uh, Arian Bueller. All right, we'll let you go, Arian. Uh, Rich, any last uh, question or comment? Probably not a question, just just a comment. Um, you know, I think it's it's fairly clear that the that the artwork that's been used to promote the the not in this lifetime uh, shows has had a significant impact on the the legacy of the tour, um, and that Arian's contribution has easily had the the largest impact. You know, his his artwork for for 2016 just blew up the, the tour as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, you had people following the, the tour online just to, to tune in and see what the latest lithograph design was. That's true. Um, I mean, when you, th- I mean, when you think about it, diehard fans follow a, a tour in person, but if they can't do it in person, they do it online. You know, if they follow it online, it's mostly for the music and the set list. You know, that's, that makes common sense. Um, you've got things like Periscope these days that feed off that that desire directly. But mm-hmm. you know, if the artwork is is changing from show to show, um, just like the performances are changing from from show to show, you're going to attract another demographic. You know, you, and with the, the lithographs, you've just found a whole other set of fans to, to market to, and um, you know, which actually leads to 
to a, another point that that I was thinking of that the you know the artwork has surely had a noticeable effect on on merchandise sales. I mean, I don't work for Bravado or, or Guns N' Roses, so sadly I've I've got no uh, sales statistics to back that claim up. But working purely off of my own habits and and the habits of people that that I know that have been following the the tour. Um, you know, I think we've spent much more on merchandise than we, we otherwise would have simply because there's more, you know, unique merchandise to buy. And we, True. we, uh, we get caught up in, in seeing the next design and the next design and the next design. And, and that interest, um, in seeing that next design grew from the, the quality and the, the variety of those, those 2016 with those, you know, many of which were, were done by, by Arian, but, you know, there's also, uh, Jeff May and, and Timothy Patrick, Butler and and Sarah Ray, Sarah Ray. I'm not too sure how to pronounce her her name, but um, you know there, there's others too, and um, there's still some designs that are, like I said, un unattributed, um, but it definitely reached maximum effect. You know, uh, in late 2016, early 2017, when when Aaron was you know almost single-handedly pumping out all of those lithos for for Asia and Australia and New Zealand and in Europe and uh, uh, I mean, dare I say it? Since 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 there has been periods of time where Guns N' Roses haven't, you know, exactly varied their set list too much from from show to show. There's there's probably been times when more people have been interested in what the next litho design <laughs> is rather than what the next set list looks like, you know. And um, and yeah, so the, the the lithos have have absolutely been become iconic as as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think that the last interview that you uh, that you did the the part one of uh, the interview with with Arian, I think quite a few people were pretty happy to hear that that one of uh, Arian's personal favorites was that uh, that Kobe lithograph, the the one with the the, the samurai on it, because uh, yeah. that's yeah that's arguably the most popular design in the in the litho community, and it's it's almost rich, reached uh, mythic status by now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that's why the artwork of the tour and specifically Aaron's contribution to the tour uh, artwork has been so important. I think it's it's helped to cement the uh, the legacy of this tour as one of the the most significant and important tours and dare I say it, the, the history of rock. You know, I know it might seem early to, to make that claim now since the tour isn't even technically finished yet, but even just solely in terms of significance and importance to, to Guns N' Roses fans, uh, this tour has become you know, unforgettable, and when people look back on the on the tour and the the shows they've gone to and the, the merch that they've bought, you know, uh, I'm sure some of the the first few images that are going to pop into their head will be the the litho design. Well said, and I I couldn't agree more, and I can't say better than that. So, Arian, uh, I really appreciate your time. Whether it's with uh, Gene or not, we're going to continue the to follow you and, and see what you're up to regardless you're you're a good dude um you have a great story you're obviously extremely talented and uh just continued success well thank you and and I, I really appreciate all those comments rich about the you know about the tour and i, I think a lot of that credit goes to the people at bravado too you know there are a bunch of hard-working people that are, you know are really dedicated to to this whole tour and uh, have put countless hours and effort into it, you know? And so, um, I think, uh, my ability to help work with them and do some of these designs and, um, it's just been, 
uh, just a, a great sort of road that we've that I've been able to travel down with them. And, uh, and so I appreciate those comments. And like I said, I think a lot of the credit goes to them too. So, um, so thanks for your time. And I, you know, um, uh, maybe we can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Part three. Cause uh, you're going to, you're not going to stop. You're going to keep doing these things. And it's, uh, I don't know. I want to get more Bob Marley or and or alligator stories from you. There's so much more to talk about than than just the. I mean, we spend all this time we just talking about Guns N' Roses lithographs, and but you have so much, uh, so many dimensions to your work and your personality. So, Arian, th- uh, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. So, uh, Rich, uh, what do you think? I know you guys spoke on the phone, uh, Arian, which I understood wanted to kind of talk to you off the air before you guys spoke on the air because I, I, I'll say this joke to you because I didn't want to embarrass him. I'm like, I you know if his first impression. I mean, obviously you did like, like a good job, but it's like, does he have keep my baby teeth and my hair and like is this weird shrine to Arian or like also? And so, uh, I mean, was it cool to kind of interview him, not just talk to him, but to you know to ask him questions um, with the uh, with yeah with, with an agenda, uh, I guess. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I've been. Not just me, but me, my friends, and and fellow collectors have been living and breathing these these lithographs for uh, the the best part of of three years, uh, and to to be able to uh, talk to and uh, ask questions of um, you know the the main artist, the, the the guy that that seems to have put the the lithographs on the the map, uh, definitely is uh, you know, makes uh, makes me feel. Uh, a little warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> and as soon as we uh, get off, you're going to have to do some updating too, because he told you about the, uh, the the Italy ones that you weren't even aware of. Yeah, that he did. So now that's cool. And I, I think the ones that you don't even know where they're from yet is kind of par for the course with Guns N' Roses. There has to be mystery even around the artwork. There has to be some sort of well, digging. Look, if if uh, Guns N' Roses and and Bravado uh, had you know, sort of done this, then, then I wouldn't have had to do it. Um, so it, it sort of makes sense that there's going to be, uh, voids and, uh, gaps and, and, you know, that still always need to be filled. And, uh, I'm pretty happy that at least I've got one, one less, uh, unattributed artwork, uh, on the, on the list, uh, mm-hmm. after this, uh, after this, uh, interview. Very cool. Uh, so, but your your role though of co-host is not over just yet. So, um, I know we usually do it at the beginning of the show, but before we end episode ninety four, I mean, we need to get into some news. And of course, brought to you by AlternativeNation.net. I reported last podcast that uh, Doug Goldstein had said a tw- sent a tweet to Fernando, and GNR Central picked it up, and they made a story and. Uh, Metal Head Zone, which uh, I, I will get to more of their contributions to this story. So just to recap really quickly, um, Doug's tweet to Fernando. Uh, he said, uh, you guys are unreal. Niven was with GNR for three years and hired a Satan specialist to cast spells on Axel and myself. I was with Axel for 17 years and more than doubled the band's royalty rate. Niven gets thanked on the new box set and nothing mentioning me. Wow. So since the podcast has happened, uh, one of uh, one of two things. Uh, right before we came on, Doug called me. Doug Goldstein called me, and he thought it was a private message to Fernando. So <laughs> he thought that was 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, he sends me, he knows the difference on Facebook because he'll send me private messages and, and public comments, but I don't know. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he really didn't mean that for that to get out there. Uh, however, um, another GNR, former GNR manager that randomly contacted me, I don't know why me, um, our, our friend Alan Niven. And I will say that I consider both Doug and Alan, fr- I haven't met either of them in person yet, but based on my off-air conversations, I consider them both friends. So I just, I'm just uh, the reporter of this. So he sent me an email, uh, a response to, uh, and this was a story published by uh, Metal Head Zone. And I'm, I'm glad that they credited me um, after the fact when I posted Alan Niven's statement. Now, it's uh, a bit long, but I want to, you know, for those of you who listen to maybe have not have seen it, um, you know, on the interwebs yet. He goes, the, the former tour manager of Guns N' Roses has an integrity that matches his math. My contract with Guns N' Roses was finally signed October 1986. I had started working with the band in August. Mr. Rose walked away from his obligations to the extended contract in March of 1991. And by the way, uh, Rich, whenever you want to interject, because this is this gets funny. If I don't know if you read the entire thing. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. And again, the Goldstein tweet really didn't have much to do. Like it wasn't much of a slight at Allen. It was just like he gets credited and not me, but. Alan, God bless him, he's a special man. Uh, he decides to talk about Axel here. Uh, to my eternal, and he mentioned this in our interview too, uh, to one of our interviews, uh, to my internal regret, I backed Mr. Rose in recording One in a Million. At that point, I believed he was not a gratuitous artist of his composing, in his composing. I still believed him to be an artist for that matter. He did not wear the Manson t-shirts under my watch. He did not wear t-shirts denigrating Christ. So that's where this is going, Rich. Uh, <laughs> Furthermore, Mr. Goldstein had absolutely nothing to do with the, uh, the manner in which I brought David Geffen to the negotiation table. I did not participate in those renegotiations or sign off on their consent or content. Since dismissed, I no longer had a responsibility for such negotiations. In that period, I was also supervised. I also supervised the negotiation of the Artemis and Brockham contracts, I don't know what that is, and directed Bill Ellison of ICM to uh, contract the initial dates of the upcoming tour. So he's just getting into specifics. So uh, without a doubt, uh, yeah, without a doubt, we can all say that Mr. Goldstein presided over the rapid disintegration of the band. He did say that on my show. I myself have no doubt my exit was designed to allow Mr. Rose to take over the name, copyrights, etc., depriving the rest of the band. Uh, the only people casting spells were Sharon Maynard, of whom I was unaware. Mr. Goldstein, who directed her as whom to as whom he wanted out of the picture. Yoda obliged by dismissing certain people's uh, images to Rose. And Goldstein, by his, his own admission in a bizarre letter that was posted on the internet, paid her. Uh, in the end, one usually finds that evil is actually more uh, banal than uh, we fear, and based in greed and ego. We're almost done here, Rich. Uh, did, <laughs> didn't get an awful lot done after 1991. Now did they? By contrast, I took an unwanted band to Wembley Stadium, my last act being putting that London show on sale. He concludes by saying, I am long married to a light worker, renowned in this area. My friends know my spirituality and that our home is full of positive spiritual uh, talisman. 
<laughs> By contrast, the, just last month, I was warned that Mr. Goldstein was roaming in the Southwest in a mobile home full of weapons. Do you think Mr. Goldstein and Mr. Rose are banal? You might ask that, but I could not possibly comment beyond saying, quote, his statement is just crazy pants. Alan Niven. Oh, yeah. So that's that's a lot. So um, Alan obviously wanted that out there. You know, he sent that to me, you know, felt he's not he's not a public guy, felt the need to defend himself to some degree. I wasn't there. I don't know dates and stuff. It just sucks because I like Alan and Doug, uh, in addition to what he told me before uh, coming on the show today, uh, that he thought the thing to Fernando was private. But at the same time, he's like, I really didn't want to cause controversy in the band and with Alan. So I don't know. I don't know if he he feels hurt. But I, I don't think he wants to hurt other people. And, you know, maybe it was just uh, something boiling. And he, we all hate tweet or ang- angry tweet or angry post. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just not I'm, – I'm the middleman. I'm just kind of reporting these things. It's just it's crazy that these two former Guns N' Roses managers releasing these crazy statements. And I can only think what Axel is, is saying to himself right now over this. If he's – I mean, you like to think he's paying attention because he does read the internet. Uh, so I don't know if do you have any any thoughts on that, on that whole thing, uh, Rich, because this is a, uh, you know, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, look, I I try to to keep away from from all of that he said she said stuff. Um, it it feels as if you know, especially these days with um, uh, with social media, even you know, even the the slightest comment you make, uh, it can be misconstrued. Sure. And, um, yeah, look, I, it, it is what it is. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's it's quite a bit. I mean, the 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 original tweet um, was kind of uh, out there, uh, and then the the massive response is sort of out there. They're both out there, um, sure. And that's why yeah. I kind of like both um, of them. They're both because I'm out there. They're both out there. It's just uh, it's just one of those things like Guns and Roses. This is I'm. Mean, I think this must happen to other bands. Like it's, they're obviously not the other, the only band that has this kind of turmoil, but the fact that people care so much what, you know, former members or former managers and just have to say this band is just on such another level. Again, reiterating why I do this podcast because, you know, even former managers who haven't been there for many, many, many years, uh, you know, people care what they have to say. And, uh, I believe, um, that Doug is going to come on episode 100. That's what he uh, he said he's going to do. Uh, obviously, this is only episode 94, and we'll see what he wants to talk about. You know, just like with with Alan, you know, I kind of just get a feel for, you know, how you are. You know, I I may talk hockey with you or any, anything. I just want to get a sense of you of a person. I'm, you know, uh, I don't like to be right now that hard hitting of a. A journalist. I want to. That's not the show I'm doing right now. It's. I mean, if, if the if the question pops up, you know, and I'll take an opportunity. But I definitely am not. I uh, wouldn't uh, have Doug come on to cross-examine him and just whatever he wants to talk about. And uh, same thing with Alan, uh, if and when he he comes on again. And you know, just going along the same lines. The last part of our shotgun news, Rich. Uh, I know you listened to the last episode. And I, I do want to thank uh, Danko Jones for, for coming on. Thank you for all those who have l- been listening so far. Uh, I really do want to thank his management team 
uh, for for setting it up because it's it's hard with different time zones. You know, he's just like with you. You know, it's early for you right now. Uh, it's like early ass in the morning, and it's for me. It's evening here in New York. So uh, I probably appreciate you know you setting you you know working with me with my time frame, and I appreciate them. Uh, some people had commented that Danko just seemed uh, a bit grumpy. Uh, all I want to say uh, about that is you, you just never know what somebody is, what kind of day they had. You know, maybe they had a bad day and, and not necessarily to always take things personally. Um, I just appreciate his time. <laughs> That'll be my diplomatic uh, answer to it. So, I, um, you know, we got some cool stuff talking about uh, how the, the forward to his book written by Duff came to be. Uh, talked about that 2010 tour, which you did not see, Rich, because Guns N' Roses did not exist to you at that at that time period. So it's, as as far as I was concerned, that right. that, that was what wasn't Guns N' Roses. It was Axel and friends, you know, like, and and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Uh, you're not the only one. Uh, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad era. Um, it just wasn't the the band that. That I fell in love with it anyway. So. I got no. I got you. And a lot of people feel, uh, feel that way. You know, uh, we touched on that on our Chinese Democracy ten uh, year anniversary episode. I think uh, in the future we might do another. Um, let me do. I haven't played this soundbite. I haven't been playing soundbites as much as I as I want to. I should have gave Arian, and I'm, I'll give this to you uh, also because you are officially. I have been playing the bad apples. I mean, Arian's a bad apple. And so are you. But I'm thinking about doing another, when we talk about the different decades of GNR and fandom, of, of maybe get somebody who's a hardcore appetite, hardcore user illusion, and hardcore Chinese democracy, and maybe we'll do another uh, PTIRS. Welcome to PTIRS. The show of competitive banter. Here's Brando. <laughs> we did a Guns N' Roses game show like, like 50 episodes ago about topics. So <laughs> maybe we'll do another uh, Guns N' Roses sports-related kind of talk show in, in the future because I never know where these episodes are going. I didn't think I would be talking to Arian Bueller uh, the first time around, and I got that from somebody from my GNR forum. Forgive me, I, I, I can't remember who instilled the idea in, in me in the uh, uh, first and I appreciate when I'm like tagged in stuff so I can see, you know, when you bring me into conversations and, and you rich, I mean, talking to him again, getting some, uh, getting another cool conversation out of Arian. It's, it's all you're doing. So I, I appreciate, you know, you, you know, you reaching out, you playing co-host today and uh, being a part of uh, episode 94 of the AFD show. So uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm actually somewhat uh, impressed that, uh, you know, we could we could actually string string together enough uh, for uh, about lithographs for a whole show. Um, now two uh, shows, yeah. I'm I'm yeah, well, two shows, yeah. <laughs> Me too, but I think just the way uh, Arian is, uh, his personality um, comes across, and you know, obviously the you know I try to re- reach a broader audience than just the diehard GNR, but it's obviously the main, and I think the main care. Uh, you you really hit the nail on the head when you're talking about what the, the lithographs have done to, with this tour. You know, this tour is forever going to be legendary. Uh, and, and these lithographs, I, I, I know I've said, I think I've said it on the show before, where I'm not somebody to go out and really buy a poster at a show at all. You know, when I was younger, I'd go to oh. fucking Hot Topic or Spencer Gifts and I'd buy a poster. Uh, and 
but I because I don't want to carry a poster around during a show, but especially the lithograph. When I'm when I'm not going to roll that up either. So I, you know, it, it was annoying. Out of, out, of, out of all of the merchandise that that can be sold at a rock concert, uh, a poster has got to be probably the the most ridiculous, uh, inconvenient. Uh, piece of merchandise uh, that that they could sell, you know. They don't even they don't even sell allow you know they don't allow you to to bring a, a tube into the the venue, um, you know. They uh, it's you know what are you supposed to do? You supposed, you, you buy it went on your way in. You still got two hours to wait before anyone yeah. goes on stage, and then you've got a show for three hours. So you know you're going to nurse it for five, six hours. I mean, people have been doing it. I mean, concert posters are what they are. But the fact that like I'm not rolling this up, it's not like I ever plan on selling it. But this is, you know, this fine paper. This is like, or I meant fine, not as like the the texture, but this is just quality paper that if I roll this up, it's forever fucked. And I just I right. don't I don't want to do that. So, but I, I I I did it because these lithographs are are something special, absolutely. And I, I mean, obviously, you know that because you created Litherati dot com. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure whether that was a a good career move. It's it's <laughs> taken up a lot of my time over the past uh, few years. But who knows? Uh, who knows, man? I'm, I'm glad it. Look, I'm glad it's out there, and I'm glad that it's it's uh, uh, helping helping other fans and by the sounds of it it's it's helping Aaron Bueller every now and again so um it can't be all bad. Oh yeah, and that's always the um that's always part of the idea. I want to help out the the person who I'm interviewing with, you know, promoting whatever they need to be promoting. You know, you're you're helping me out with content, giving me uh your time. I will um and I want to thank uh Alex um from Detroit uh, our Alex from Michigan, rather, our, our last co-host and listener for, you know, uh, interviewing Danko with me. And he asked me off the air, uh, do you pay for these interviews? Fuck no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, you know, so people take their own time and, and they give me their time. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I can just, it's par for the course. Yeah, interview, Goodbye. I don't know. I want somebody like Arian to come back on again. I want, you know, Roberta Freeman to come on again. So I want to be able to, you know, not for just them to have a fun conversation, but I don't know, like Raz, Raz Q, sell some books out of it, you know, help you out a little bit. You help me out because hopefully I will at some point, you know, uh, integrating this, which I kind of am with my career with T-shirts and YouTube and whether I do a Patreon in the future. So, I mean, there's a lot of plans that I would like to do in the future. But I hope, the, um, you know, whether I was half facetious or not, you know, if you do do an Ask Arian section or I think a book would be a fucking phenomenal idea. And I feel, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I feel like you would be an integral part of that because you've already done the research. You already have the database, the Dewey Decimal System of these uh, lithographs. So, <laughs> sorry, I needed I needed to get well, it in again. again. I needed to say it again. That's okay. Look, if um, if Ari needs uh, my help in any way, uh, yeah, I'm 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 up for it. Cool beans. And are you done with the GNR shows? Because you've been traveling a lot on the recent ones. No, no. I'm I um I fly to Hawaii on Thursday. You lucky bastard. <laughs> look, I the I, I think. I couldn't imagine a world where I would miss that last show. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense to, to miss it. 
Uh, I, I actually, I remember the, the day that they announced it, I, I woke up at like 6 a.m., checked my emails, and there was an email saying that they were going to Hawaii and that, you know, uh, tickets would go on sale at, at a certain time. And I checked the time and, and it was like within an hour. It was like at 7 a.m. they were going to start selling. And so I had, you know, 57 minutes or whatever to uh, to decide whether I wanted to go. And I I didn't need that 57 minutes. I I think I only needed about two. Hey, and, uh, it's so I in fact in fact before the in, before the uh, concert tickets went on sale, um, I'd already bought my flight tickets. So. Right on. So it's I mean once in a lifetime to see, not in this lifetime in Hawaii. You know. <laughs> And it's and it's been going it's been going on for so long that that I joke with my friends that they should rename it um, uh, for the rest of your lifetime. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of fans will be down with that. They they really would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really, it's just very funny, and, and especially talking to someone like you who did not see Guns N' Roses um, since 1992 because it wasn't the same band for you. That that we just didn't think we would ever be here. You know, to have this continuing yeah. tour. So, you know, what I started off the conversation with, this is just a good time to be a, a GNR fan. And there are a lot of cool fans like you out there, you know, kind of doing uh, the Lord's work or whatever, but, you know, putting, because people care about the, the, uh, the lithographs and want information about it. So, you know, you're helping a lot of people out. And it's very cool that, um, you know, again, thanks for taking the time, waking up early and helping me set up uh, episode 94. Not at all. I, I, it was an absolute pleasure. I, I hope that your uh, your listeners uh, enjoyed it uh, as much as I did. Cool. So uh, as far as the uh, more guests, next episode, I think I'm going to keep uh, some of them a secret. I mean, a lot of um, you know pots on the, on the fire or whatever it is, whatever the phrase is. Um, always be on the lookout for uh, announcements on social media, uh, whether it's on Twitter at the AFD Show or Facebook.com slash the AFD Show. Uh, you can always find us, of course, on AlternativeNation.net, uh, the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, YouTube. We have the first 50 episodes up there now, which includes Guns N' Roses' very first radio interview ever, thanks to Mr. Raz Q. Uh, and that's the episode with uh, the original drummer, Rob Gardner. Uh, so talking about that, uh, the interview. So that was definitely one of the most coolest episodes we've done out of 94. But there are so many to pick from. So as far as the next episode, and I can't believe none of you corrected the way that I say my ending. I, I, I flipped it. What Axel infamously said about Chinese democracy. Um, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. No! No! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.